Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. You're listening to a teaching message by Vintage Church in Harker Heights, Texas. Whenever and wherever you are listening to this, our hope is that you are encouraged and challenged by this message and that you are inspired to take your next step with Jesus. For more information, please visit us at vintage.church or follow us on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Well, hello everyone. My name is Stephen. I'm one of the pastors here. I am super excited to jump in. Can you believe it? We're already in week five of a six-part series where we've been taking, it's actually a series and a small group study. I hope you've been enjoying your small groups where we've been taking a look, really studying the Old Testament book of Daniel. Now, if you're new or visiting with us, maybe you're watching this online or you're in person and you haven't been here for a while and really connected, I want to encourage you, this is week five, which means we have four previous weeks. I want to encourage you to go download the Vintage Church app and catch up. Man, Daniel has been teaching us so much about how you and I are created by God to engage the culture we live in for Christ. Again, I want to welcome you today. We're going to actually jump in to, and we're going to talk about Daniel and the lion's den. Before we do that, I want to recap just a little bit of where we've been. You might remember some 70 years ago when we started our study, not literally, but in the book, in chapter one, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He actually besieged Jerusalem and invaded three different times. And each time he would cart away the best and the brightest uh, from the from the, the Jewish people. He deported Daniel and his three friends among many, many others, 500 miles east to the capital there uh, in Babylon. King, the, the king then changed their names and over the last many decades would try to impress the Babylonian culture on them. You might remember the dream King Nebuchadnezzar had that Daniel comes on the scene, interprets this dream, and it's really about four world kingdoms. We have four world kingdoms. They're represented by gold, silver, bronze, iron, and clay. Then a stone is cut out and actually destroys all the kingdoms and it fills the earth. We see this as four successive kingdoms all the way to the kingdom of of God. When Daniel first gets to Babylon, right, King Nebuchadnezzar is the ruler. We learn that King Nebuchadnezzar dies, and some many years later, his grandson, Belshazzar, takes over. We talked about Belshazzar last week, and Belshazzar is just like Nebuchadnezzar, full of pride, right, full of just arrogance, and the, his kingdom is swept away and, by an invasion by the Medo-Persian Empire. That's where we left last week. You might remember Daniel chapter 5, verse 30 and 31, that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of sixty. We actually saw this in Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter four, if you read about that as well. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture Daniel for just a moment. He's, he's 15 years old. He's a Hebrew. He spent over 60 years later in Babylon. The Medo-Persians then take over Babylon. Then the culture completely shifts again. It shifts from the Babylonians now to the Medes and the Persians. No matter where Daniel is, there he was. And no matter where you go, there you are. I think something that Daniel teaches all of us is that we can remain 
planted, strong, standing, staying committed to God, right? Stand on, standing on our convictions, all right, and acting in courage no matter who is in charge in the world, regardless of a change of environment from relationship to relationship. We surrender ourselves to Christ and we allow him to change us no matter where we are and no matter what we face. This is so so important. I believe we see here, really, as we open up Daniel chapter 6, we're going to learn about an encounter that Daniel has as an old man, where under this king, right, he is actually put into the lion's den uh, in an effort to destroy his life. We're going to learn several lessons from the lion's den. If you're taking notes, <clears throat> the first lesson that we learn is when you walk with God, this is so good, you will clash with culture. He said again, when you walk with God, when you stay committed to God, like Daniel and these three Hebrew boys did, they're now old men, okay, you will clash with culture. Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 says, It pleased Darius, that's the Mede, to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer Lost. They were there to do the king's bidding over the affairs of Babylon, the conquered Babylon. Now, Daniel, look at this. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. Look at this. They could find no corruption in Daniel because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. These leaders in this new kingdom, as at the news that Daniel was rising in favor with the king, tried to find something out against Daniel, but they could find nothing. Look what verse 5 says. Finally, these men said, we will find we will never find any basis for charges against this man's Dan man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. This is fascinating. They couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. So here's what they did. They went to attack Daniel's faith. Did you know many times as you're living for God, as you're doing the right, you're, you're just taking a step. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but you're making progress, right? You're keeping your word. You're, you're, you're living according to the principles of the Bible. You're taking steps closer to Jesus. There will be people in your life that get jealous, envious, maybe even frustrated at times in comparison, that they can't find anything wrong with you, and so they will attack your faith. However, when we run with God, we have peace, joy, love, and we have a relationship with God. We run into culture. Daniel was running with God, and he ran right into culture. Let's see what the other leaders of the Medo-Persian Empire say to the king in Daniel chapter 6, verse 7. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Wow, can you see the trap? You know, I'm just going to tell you, the devil doesn't have any new plans. This is almost identical to what happened when Nebuchadnezzar set up the, the idol and, 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 and 
made everyone worship and threw and threatened to, to, to kill anyone who didn't by throwing them into the fiery furnace. Look what the leaders did. They appealed to King Darius's pride and his ego. And the king who loved Daniel was about ready to promote Daniel, respected Daniel, didn't realize what they were doing because he was blinded by their pride. And he actually falls into the trap. But what does he do? When Daniel ran into culture, what did he do? Did he stop praying? Did he back off of his faith? Scripture actually says, look at this, he prayed first. He pray, he pray, he, he, he pray for, he prays first, not as a last resort. I love this. He didn't capitulate, okay? He didn't, he didn't escape. He engaged the culture. He stayed firm to his practice of prayer. A Jewish man would have prayed at least three times a day. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the degree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Just, I love this, just how he had done before. You know, I think sometimes when we experience a lot of pressure, one of the best things we can do, we don't know what to do, is first of all, go back to God and go back to what we do know to do. I love what he says. He goes back, just as he had done before, to pray. Again, I want to challenge you in moments of pressure, right? In moments of temptation and moments of, 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 of frustration, do you pray first or do you pray as a last resort? Daniel was able to stand strong because, this is so good, Daniel was able to stand strong before men because he first knelt before God. I think a lot of times our knees shake because we haven't been on our knees praying to God first. So we're unable to stand and, and be courageous. Prayer is not a monologue or a ritual. It's all about connecting in relationship. Prayer, simply put, is communicating with God, understanding and being understood. You know, God wants that between you. When life gives you more than you can stand, my suggestion is to kneel. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe your kids are, are going through some difficult time. Maybe there's stress from work or from school. Maybe there's an issue in your marriage. Maybe it's just really on the rocks right now best thing I can tell you to do is go and get with God. Praying before God will give you the boldness to stand in difficult situations. Difficult situations. This setup was actually a success. Daniel chapter 6 verse 16 says, So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. This is interesting because Darius is now a trapped, right, by his own law. When a king made a law, that was the law. To break his law would have been to admit that he was human, that he made a mistake. He couldn't do that. He, he was actually trapped. And he didn't want to put Daniel in the lion's den. He had grown very fond of Daniel. He had seen God's hand on Daniel's life. And yet he's forced to do this. Daniel probably thought, well, God, I'm going to stand for you. But what if the lions eat me? I mean, I think sometimes we go, well, was he scared? Did he ever struggle? I think the answer is yes. I will say this. The longer you walk with God, the more you know God's going to come through. Daniel is 80 years plus in this story, and I can just promise you, I don't think he was nearly as worried as maybe he would have been earlier in his life. Running with God comes with no guarantee that nothing bad will ever happen to you. This is real important. Jesus himself, Jesus himself actually said, in this world, you will have trouble. He says it. It's blunt. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have adversaries. You're going to have situations that come up, right? They're going to fort, that are going to put pressure on you. But look what Jesus says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I can't imagine that Daniel's not sitting there thinking 
about the stories of his life and reflecting back as he's in that lion's den and he's, he's reflecting back on God's faithfulness and he's remembering that time that he interpreted the dream when Nebuchadnezzar was about to destroy all the musicians because, all, not musicians, but all, the, all the, the, the wise men and all the people in his court because he couldn't, he, they couldn't tell him that dream and interpret it. I'm sorry, he's thinking, man, I, I prayed to God and he came through for me. I'm sure he's recounting his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? He's recalling, recalling their account of that fourth person that showed up, that theophany, that Christ with them, right? He's recounting all the times God has been faithful and rescued him in his time of need. He's thinking about all that as he's thrown into the lion's den. Here's, another, here's the final thing I believe we learn. You can always trust God with your future. I believe, listen, I believe that if Daniel was here right now, he would say that when you walk with God, you're going to hit some culture wins. You're going to hit, right, an onslaught of cultural pressure. I think he's going to tell us you should pray first and often, not as a last resort. But I believe that he would say you can always trust God with your future because he always has your back. Look what Daniel chapter 6 says. The end of this story, Daniel chapter 6, verse 19 through 23. Many of us know how this ends, but it's a powerful story. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answers, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and he gave orders to lift Daniel out of the lion's den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? I love this. Because he trusted God. He trusted God. Anytime you're tempted... To not trust God, you need to remember that it's a trap. That if you'll stand firm in your faith and you'll trust him no matter what, he will set you up for greater influence and, 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 and a greater life. It happens all the time. As a matter of fact, Darius is overjoyed with Daniel coming out of the den and he, and he re remembers the leaders, the jealous, envious leaders who tried to trap him. Right? He was frustrated at them. As a matter of fact, all of Daniel's adversaries were actually thrown in the lion's den in his place. So now there was nothing standing between Daniel and the king. How can Daniel go through two culture shifts, two kingdoms, a fiery furnace, lion's den, a conspiracy? It goes all the way back to Daniel chapter 1. We started this series quoting a passage from Daniel chapter 1 that describes Daniel. I love this. It says he settled in his heart that he was going to serve God. He settled in his heart that he was going to serve God. My question to you, are you settled in your heart right now? As a believer, are you giving God everything or just a little bit? Maybe you're in here and you don't know God. You're not settled in your heart. I want to encourage you. Settle your faith in your heart. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the power of your word. I pray, God, that you would settle in our heart like you settled in Daniel's heart. Father, courage, commitment, conviction. That, God, we would continually walk with you. That, Father, we would kneel before you so that we could courageously stand before men. 
walk with us, guide us. I pray by your Holy Spirit, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, I pray you would draw them to you, Jesus. That they would have a relationship with God through you. They would surrender their life to you, God. I pray for every one of us as we continue to walk out this time in our own culture, in our own time, that we would do what Daniel did. We would remain faithful and steadfast, trusting our future to the one who holds it all. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. You can stay connected with us at vintage.church or on Facebook by searching Vintage Church TX. Here at Vintage, we believe that church is more than a place or a weekend activity. It's a spiritual family where Jesus is the center of our lives personally and our relationships collectively. If you're in the Harker Heights, Fort Hood area, we would love to have you join us this week. You can learn more about us, our service times, and plan your visit by checking out our website at vintage.church. We hope to see you soon.